Right, we're ready to go. I think we're live now. It takes a few seconds to show. Let me know if you're getting any audio. Are you getting any audio? Anyone? Uh, uh, I'm getting a stream now, yeah. All right. All right, I think we're live. Okay. Hey, everybody. Hi. Reduce your volume for myself because so there's less echo. Oh, hi. Okay, good. Hi, Mark. Uh, Bahar. Oh, hi, Bahar. Are you Persian? Uh, infidel. Hey, guys. All right. So, greetings. Which one of you is the anti? I'm the anti. We're both atheists. Hi, Beach. Oh, that's Beach. Um, we're both atheists. I'm the anti theist, and Adam here is the Christian apologist. <laughs> <laughs> I try. You should tell them the, the suggestion that I gave for the, the stream title. All right. Okay. No, you tell them. Uh, it was, was anti-theist uh, Armin destroys Christian apologists. <laughs> Adam Friend is. So. Well, I'm, I'm definitely self-aware. You can't say that I'm not a self-aware individual. Okay. I'll once after I destroy you, <laughs> then I'll I'll go back and retire. I, I wasn't just sure how, how sure I was if I'm gonna be able to destroy you, but once I do destroy you, then I'll go retitle and change the title. You just, have you have my full consent. <laughs> I just I, I don't mind clickbaits as long as they're honest clickbaits. Oh Benjamin yeah. Ahura Mazda greets you. Wow. Okay. Um Beach. Uh, uh, okay, so, all right, sounds good. So let us know why why are you okay, first of all, just to, to Get it clear. You're an atheist yourself, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. And you have been watching. Uh, you follow a lot of the debates on your channel. Tell us a little bit about your channel. You follow the Pangburn events. You review. You have reviewed the debate between Sam Harris and Jordan Peterson. Uh, and I think you're mostly on Jordan Peterson's side. And you go after uh, uh, many atheists that are anti-theists, and you think that they don't have. Uh, they don't have that much of a, you know, you question their reasonings. You think that this is just something they go based, you know, I've seen, I've seen you cr criticize a lot of uh, people that are specifically are against Jordan Peterson. And in, what, what do you think they're getting wrong? I, I think that the, I think that Brett Weinstein is correct with his, assumption about metaphorical truth and it's an open question whether or not we can keep this in them results in a higher well-being society why i think that the anti-theists they have a presupposition in their in their ethical system where they're trying to elevate factual truth they're trying to elevate scientific truth as the highest moral value and at the same time elevate human well-being to the highest moral value and i think that those two values are a little bit reversely correlated in the same way that you might say security and freedom are a bit inversely correlated it's not it's not a perfect correlation but generally speaking when you maximize security, you have less freedom. And when you maximize freedom, you have less security. 
do you, I mean, you understand the freedom versus security? Debate, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So a lot of people don't have don't have a moral dog in that fight. So it's easier to look at that fight. Well, obviously there is there is some of that because there are some people who would like to have a lot more freedom, and there were some people who would like to have a lot more security. But I think that the well-being versus scientific truth is a little analogous to that same argument. So I think people who adopt these religious systems tend to be happier, healthier people. And the people like us who are non, non-believers tend to be less happy, healthy ov- overall. I mean, Sam Harris is a unique case, but we have to admit Sam Harris is uh, like wealthy, right? I mean, he, he, he has a lot of uh, existential security is what they would call it. So it makes religion, the cost of religious belief, higher for him. Um, okay, so are, wh- what is this based on? The fact that you're saying that really people without religious belief are less healthy, less because I've seen date, I've been seeing research that suggests that you know, I, either the other, otherwise, or uh, suggesting that there's, there's not that much of a difference between health and happiness of atheists compared to people with religious belief system. It depends upon where you are, really. I think what people are generally after is existential security. So people are after, after they need meaning in their lives and they want existential security in their lives. And existential security can be covered by other institutions. So a lot of atheists want to refer to the the Nordic states and say, these places are very atheistic. Right. There's some debate over how atheistic they really are, but let's just set that aside for a second. And I'll, I'll grant you that these places are the atheist utopia. Everyone claims they are. The reason why they are more atheistic has to do with the fact that they have other secular institutions that have come in to take over, to provide existential security to the people who would be seeking that existential security through religious institutions had they not had access to these secular institutions. So it's very difficult for me to, to say that like they, uh, atheists tend to want to make a correlation between the, the religious institutions being bad and, and causing this, this, uh, like causing strife within society, but I'm more inclined to believe that if you have strong secular institutions, religion kind of wanes rather than religion being the cause of those things. But doesn't that um, refute your own point? Like, so the the point is not that we don't need any institutions. The point is that we can what religion offers us things that we need with a baggage with it comes with some toxic mix of harmful material. What we're suggesting is that the, we can get these things through other institutions other than religion. We're not suggesting that there's nothing there. Obviously, there's something there. Why, why else would these things be so popular? Why else would these uh, memes spread so far and wide? What, what mm-hmm. we're thinking is that what, what 
people like uh, like myself think is that religion has managed to take advantage of these needs and desires that uh, desire for meaning, desire for purpose, desire for community, desire for a sense of belonging, desire uh, desire for significance, right? Uh, and desire for awe, desires for inspiration. These are natural desires that we have, and religion has used that as a sugar coating for for something else that is spreading. What we think is that these so in in these atheistic countries that you mentioned, and every all studies shows that these countries without religion are part one of the, some of the most happiest ones in the world. Is that these we, they manage to figure out how to provide those services without all the toxic stuff that religion comes with, right? So we never said that you don't, I, I, I haven't seen anybody suggesting that we don't need these institutions. In fact, part of getting rid of religion is to separate these services from religion. Right. The thing about it is though that the religion is the lowest cost, the lowest cost institution. Uh, religion is a, a lot less cost than a universal healthcare system. So my my question is, if you're going to provide existential security through religion or existential security through universal healthcare, it's going to be a lot harder to build the institution of universal healthcare. So a lot of atheists will say, you know, tear down the religion without thinking about the fact that, well, if you don't have a universal health care system, you're really doing these people a disservice. What, what, what do you uh, mean? Universal health care system? How is that? How is that? Are you well, just, yeah. I'm just saying that universal health care is, is an institution that provides existential security. I'm assuming we agree there. Um, yes, but, but how is so, that, how is that ties into religion? So if, if the ultimate goal of humanity is to get existential security, set meaning aside for a second, because there is that component, but just people want to meet their, their security needs. They want to feel safe. Right. If you live in a, a nation that has a universal healthcare system that provides some sense of safety, you know, if anything happens to you, there is this institution you can turn to that is going to help you in that health crisis. Correct. If yeah. you don't, if you don't live in a society that is a functioning universal healthcare system, you don't have that existential security, and you will look for that existential security elsewhere. Religion is the is the least expensive way to to find that existential security. Religious people will will, will feel comforted by that. I know you and I won't feel comforted by that because we think it's not it's it's not a real existential security, right? Mm. So, what? I mean, the, the example that you suggest, okay, first of all, um, I, I, let me, let me just say this real okay. quick. I am just saying that in the Nordic countries where atheism is high, it is high because these other institutions have come in and mm. displaced religion. That's what we want though. That's what we're advocating for. We're not, we're not suggesting. Well, aren't you advocating for the destruction of religious institutions though? Well, the thing is that they come, they come hand in hand. The, the thing is that the reason why it's hard to provide these services is because religion has a monopoly over these, right? So no citation needed on that. 
the religion has a monopoly over well, so, you're, you're making a causal argument that because people are no, religious they are incapable of building a universal healthcare system no I'm, well this is this is not, okay this is pretty obvious in a, in a, in a markets right when you have uh, a service like the people that are providing uh, the the uh, the desire for community, desire for you know, speaking to these needs, uh, for a sense of belonging, for they even have monopoly over uh, morality. Like you know, so when when you when when these company when these organizations are not only taxed, they also have certain advantages over private businesses. Um, that means that it be it becomes very hard to compete with them, right? It becomes mm -hmm. very hard. So when whenever so. This whole, com you know, if I want, if I feel alone, if I want to have somebody to speak to me, you could get that in a church or in a mosque or whatever, right? And these 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 organizations are there, and they do. It's very easy for them to grow so fast because they have a competitive competitive advantage over other kinds of businesses that might have been able to offer these services. The problem is that these other services, if they if they were given a better opportunity to compete with religious organizations, it would have been done from a more scientific perspective. It would have done. It would have come. Uh, it would be more results. Or oriented, like it would be based on actually studying what works and what doesn't work. Uh, like what you know, if I if I find out that I'm gay and I go to a church, um, I might not be getting the best response from the pastor. Um, you know, telling me that this is a sin and I shouldn't be acting on it. If 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 there were other services competing with my church, uh, and it was as readily available and as common. Or if I went to a group, if these communities were, you know, subsidized or tax exempt, uh, or spread as far as wide as, as these religious organization, I mean, I would have rather had some these communities be based on the latest understanding of human psychology, rather than the Goat Herder's Guide to the Galaxy that was written two two fucking thousand years ago, right? Like the like whoever is running and managing these organizations, they don't have the motivations and all. So the skill set and the knowledge required to be able to provide the fact that these desires are there, the fact that we nobody I mean, I'm not denying that, right? The fact that the reason why religion exists is because we need these things, right? Nobody's denying that. We just think religion because has uh, has managed to create barriers against the against competition. Uh, to, to the services that it provides, uh, competition that probably would have been much better than what is being offered by religion. Uh, I, it's difficult for me to, I, I'm not sure I'm fully understanding the arguments that you're making, and I don't know that they're, what the evidence is to show that because the evidence people that they are have religious, a, they, the evidence that they have an unfair advantage when it comes to being tax exempt, or in many other organ countries to being, um, you know, enforced by yeah, law. So it's kind of conflating two arguments, though. Right. I mean, are, I, are you saying that because re because religious institutions are tax exempt, that that's what's preventing people from finding tax secular institutions to replace them? I mean, tax exempt is just one of the many reasons why they have a competitive advantage, right? They have, you know, the fact that uh, even many atheists think uh, that uh, 
if you're religious, you're probably moral, right? That that sense that religion has something. That, okay, so in some countries there's tax exempt, and so in many countries, uh, even the politicians, you know, uh, give them unfair, give them advantages in the in the in, in the market. In some uh, many countries, including United States, you being, you know. Uh, there are many religious lobbying groups in other countries it goes most more extreme even like um, it's actually met you know the rules the laws of the religion are forced upon the whole whole country right so mm-hmm. i mean the tax exempt is just one of the examples that we could think of more, you know more than anything else because in in the west but there are many many reasons why religion has an unfair advantage in pro- in providing these kind of services and i'm saying that given that the given given that i think me and you agree that the whatever the source material is on how to respond to these kind of needs is kind of it's outdated i think if the competition was um, a little bit more fair other places would have reached um, you know those countries that you mentioned as an example much earlier right if there was a fair so so you're making you're making the argument that religion is standing in the way of developing secular institutions yes okay i don't i mean i obviously we can find areas in the world where that's taking place i don't i don't know that it's in the in the united states religion is standing in the way of of achieving universal health care seems more like a political battle but your universal health care is just an example right it's not you're not suggesting that well i'm saying i'm saying that atheists make this argument uh uh, anti-theists make this argument that that we can see the nordic countries don't need religion therefore we know religion is not necessary and i think what they're ignoring is existential security is what's necessary. And if you have existential security from secular institutions, then yes, religion is not yeah, necessary. I agree with you. But if you don't, but if you don't have sec, if you don't have existential security for, uh, from, from secular institutions, then religion people will use religion as a way to get existential security. But what I'm suggesting is that because this is such an important need, if you remove religion, that need will be very uh, promptly filled in by private companies or even public companies. And I I completely disagree. I mean, obviously, this is context-dependent, but if you remove religion in some poor third-world country where they don't have the... it's just physically impossible or they're being oppressed by a dictator. I mean, isn't, isn't, uh, isn't North Korea a, a secular society? No, it's very religious actually. But if you, but I'm, but I'm okay. So you think that in a, in a religious country, if you remove religion, very, then the whole thing is, the whole country is going to fall apart. Is that what you're suggesting? Potentially. I mean, religion evolved to facilitate group level cooperation. So, but the thing is that this, if you look, if you look at, um, so you're, if you look at people in these religious countries, right, most of them, most of the time, they're not, 
referring to religion for their day-to-day activity, right? I mean, they, uh, they're not thinking, like, should I lie or should I betray my friend? Because, or they're not referring to, like, well, I'm a Muslim. Let me think what Islam says to me, right? Most, most of the time when somebody says, okay, well, I'm a Muslim. Let me say what Islam says. The, the outcome is not very good. When you people, pe- even people in very religious countries, when they when they acting on their day to day life, religion doesn't cross their mind that often, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you have so, for example, in a country like Iran, where I'm from, you have you have people that call themselves Muslim, but if you if you watch them throughout the day, there's nothing they do that makes them seem like they're Muslim, right? And then you have uh, other, or nothing they say or do or think about. And then, unless there's Ramadan, and then you can't stop it. And and then you have the, so you have three groups of people. You have the anti-religious people. You have the people that are, say they're Muslim, but they don't do anything that makes them look like they're Muslim. And then you have people that um, practice Islam, they're minimal Muslims, right? So they pray five times, they will, in in Shia Islam is kind of three because they cheat, but so five times a day, they fast during Ramadan, and that's about it, okay? Like uh, praying is kind of like brushing their teeth. It's not something, even while they're praying, they're not thinking about God, right? Other than Mm -hmm. that, throughout their day, they're just living, thinking about their careers, thinking about their children's grades, thinking about if they they have the right clothes for this party or not, right? Uh, And then actually you have a fourth group, um, which is a very fringe, tiny group, which takes Islam very seriously and constantly thinks about whether what they're doing is Islamic or not, right? But the the two groups that the majority that are nominal Muslims and minimal Muslims, the nominal Muslims are the ones that are just Muslim by name, and the minimal Muslims are the people that are just do the minimal activity Islam requires, and other than that, they don't think about Islam. These people's decision, moral decision throughout their life is not really influenced by religion all that much. Their, their lives is influenced by religion because the government and the whole country is run by religious rules, but they don't think about religion that much. And, the, and, and also, if you look at these countries, there's a large growing anti-religion activism within these countries that are growing as well. And I mean, when, when you see people, individuals, even in the most religious countries, right, um, in Philippines or in Iran or in Saudi Arabia, when they sh- make the shift from uh, being very religious to being anti-religious, you don't see them all of a sudden lose all meaning and purpose and belonging and all of that. In fact, sometimes they find this a new... Uh, they're, they're, it's, very, it's very easy for them to most of them at least, to make that switch and uh, go to, you know, find a new community, a new group of people, a new sense of purpose, right? I mean... Some people will inevitably be able to do that. I mean, you and I have both done that. I'm just saying I'm not sure that all people will be able to do that. Yeah, well, okay, but the thing is that if we... if Again, I, uh, that's the that's religion's fault, right? If we if we had more opportunity, if 
if religion wasn't such a giant monopoly over all over the fucking planet, I think there would be so many alternatives. I mean, do you really think the free market would just stand by and people wanting to have these desires and not come up with a solution for this? Like, this is what capitalism does. This is what the, you know, when the people want something and need something, it just jumps in there and there would be somebody who would be like, hey, I have the degrees, I have the experience, I could offer that. It would be there right away. I really don't know how do you think the fabric of the whole society is going to fall apart. Is I, don't, I don't know. That my, my position is really we don't know. I mean, the, the, there is some data on this hype. Jonathan Haidt cites some studies that are based on secular communes versus religious communes, and the secular communes tend to fall apart after two years, and the religious communes tend to last seven to 20 years. So, I mean, if you want to think of a commune as a, a microcosm of society... Sorry, can you say that? Can you repeat that? I'm getting... Uh, I'm, I was listening, looking at the live chat. But go on, sorry, repeat that again. <laughs> you got to turn that live chat off, bro. Yeah. The... the I, I mean, Height cites some evidence looking at secular communes versus religious communes. And the secular communes la don't last very long. It's very difficult to construct a commune based on reason. Right. And it's well, a lot it, easier it, to... It doesn't have to be based on reason. It could be, I mean, it could, you, reason is not the goal, it's the tool, right? What you do is based on what people, what you, base, you base it based on people's, uh, you know, and the good thing about doing it separate from religion is that you could do it based, you could do many different communes based on whatever speaks to different groups of people, right? You well, don't have done to. That's, that's, what the, that's a study that I'm citing. Say it again. The, sec no. the, the secular communes mm -hmm. last about two years and the, the, the religious communes last far longer. Well, I, have, I, I can tell you that uh, we built an atheist republic community and it's lasted 13 years so far right but and you're not living together <laughs> like <laughs> uh, uh, comparing a wait, facebook group to a wait are you talking about co commune as in like people living right next to each other yes yeah so exactly. what so, so you're, you're looking at these as a microcosm of society these these people separate from society and they function with their own their own ethic no, their we own have, ethos so wait because we have local chapters in every major city where people get together right right but it's i mean i i don't know that that i mean first of all it's anecdotal evidence and second of all I okay but you okay it's not it's not that anecdotal because we have many many groups all across the planet and it's been right but what is your control group what are you comparing it to right okay you, you like maybe these religious Facebook pages last seven times as long as any. <laughs> yeah. All right, but here's, yeah. here's the thing: why, why, why them lasting longer the, doesn't? Here's the thing. Okay, so social norms, the social norms that they. It doesn't even have to be an anti-religious thing, right? Like you could be, you could be joining so non-religious groups or communities, right? For example, mm -hmm. I could be an animal rights activist. I could be working joining groups because of like salsa dancing 
all right? I could join a group of people that are you are... in a salsa dancing group? Be mm -hmm. honest. No, <laughs> but you could be like people could join together because they like I don't know board games or because they like Game of Thrones fans and they come and write fan fiction about Harry Potter, right? Uh, and yeah. and and you could and the thing is okay two years fine you could be interested in Harry Potter for two years and you could move on and be like I'm I'm into something else now there's another community for that and maybe that community right. is somebody joins their community somebody leaves their community I'm just saying there's many opportunities for us to find uh, community and like-minded people and enjoy each other's company and find purpose find meaningful goals and sometimes not very meaningful goals because just because we want to be entertained right sometimes we join we 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 get we get with a group and we go to a country another country and the, you know we, we yeah go on the the it's really though it's the community that's going to show up at your bedside when you're dying of cancer in the hospital that's the community that matters though like i don't know that the harry potter community is going to do that <laughs> i i'm serious i'm right. serious I, I i said this on a, a live stream the other day well, and well actually you know, i have true. you know here's the thing okay my mom died from cancer right and okay. and when she when she uh got cancer um i was in canada and she was in iran and I couldn't go see her because if I went to see her in Iran, I would get executed because of Atheist Republic, because of the book, Why There Is No God, the book that yes, I wrote. Right? And right. I feel so sorry for you. Yeah, but, but here's what she did. Uh, she said, I'm not going to die without seeing my son. Okay? So mm -hmm. the doctor said, you can't leave the hospital. She said, I don't give a shit. I'm going to Vancouver. Right? So she mm -hmm. came to Vancouver, and soon after she got here, and uh, she died because she left the hospital. But well, I'm glad you got to see her, man. Yeah, she was happy too because she didn't want to. She was happy too that her whole family was around her when she died, right? But she was also happy that she wasn't in Iran because she was so fucking sick and tired of the people that were praying to her, people that were coming with the Quran and you know having the prayers, having this constant imams and stuff. And she, when she was dying in Canada, she made my dad promise her that when she dies, you know, in, in Islam, when you die, there's, they have this, this religious ceremony for you, and then they do another one 40 days after you die. And she said that, I, don't, I do not want that, right? I do not want that, and you do not let anybody do that for me. And, and there was three attempts for, for people to do this for her after she died, and my dad, because he promised her, he made sure all of them, none of them, go through right um so and she she made it clear that on her uh, gravestone she doesn't want any religious uh, anything religious written on it right like God, oh she's in heaven or anything like that right so the you i don't you you keep when you mention people being on your bedside i for every story that you could give me on people um you know, people being feeling, you know, a sense of purpose, a sense of belonging, a sense of community because of religion. I can give you a hundred stories of people that this, and this is minor, right? My mom being and not wanting people praying over well, her I'm deathbed is not is minor, but I could give you a hundred ex example of people that ha their lives have been ruined 
people that have been that feel ashamed people that have been ostracized people that have been discriminated against people that have been made to be made feel to be uh, made feel to be, f uh, be less than the people around them made people that are this people that still believe in the religion but they think that they are, there's something wrong with them people that think that they are inadequate people that think that the the people the people that are, you know are gay and they think that who they love and who they are is is something to be ashamed of something disgusting right people you know religious other, other religious minority groups that are discriminated against shias that are discriminated against in sunni countries sunnis that are discriminated against in shia countries um you know there's there's so much there's so much harm I, you know i acknowledge that yes there are these things that religion speaks to but i think given all the harm that religion comes with we can do so much better we can do so much better than religion then do it well we're trying we're trying that's what well, we're that's, yeah and part of that is fighting religion. I, mean, I but i don't i don't believe that I, and i think i i am wary of becoming the 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 people that we fight against like we're not fighting against people yeah we are though i i thank goodness we live in a nation where well you're in canada i'm in america but thank goodness we live in nations where religious freedom is at the top of our priority list so i just i think demonizing you you i don't condone them demonizing us as much as i don't condone us demonizing them and, and everything that you said i completely agree with that that i don't think People should be ashamed for being who they are, but we live in, 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 we're, thankfully, we live in Western democracies where you can leave that community and join another, another community that's more accepting of who you are. But I think, I don't, I don't think, I think when you demonize their community, they're more inclined to demonize our community and that's not good for either community. Who's, we who, need to cultivate an ethic. Who's, of, who said anything about demonizing their community? Well, you just said everything in that community is toxic. I don't know how you can say no. that that's not no, demonizing. No. Okay, uh, you're talking. I, I hope you. I hope you're. You know the difference between attacking people and their ideas, right? The thing is, yeah, I, part think it's a, I don't. I don't accept that that you can separate people from their ideas. People's well, yeah. ideas are part of their identity. Mm -hmm. Everyone in the everyone is in an uproar. Right. Let, or me, let me let me let me give you an example, right? Let's say like you you had um, you signed up with this insurance company, okay? And mm -hmm. your house caught fire and you went to collect your insurance money and you found out this whole thing was a scam. This these people are never going to pay up, right? Mm -hmm. And now your friend is signing up with uh, the same insurance company and you're going up to him and tell him uh hey don't sign you're up with demonize them. that insurance company is what you're gonna do yeah you're but are you demonizing your friend because people... okay no 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 i that's my point you're gonna demonize the insurance company right but are you gonna, right. because your friend believe believes that this is a good company to go with is you telling him if don't sign friend, up wait let me finish let me finish then signs let me up finish. with that insurance company you are your friendship is going to be at stake because you're going to say, hey, I told you that insurance company was a scam and you signed up with them. What, you don't believe me? You don't trust me? You don't think I'm a good friend? 
you think if I go tell my friend that, hey, you think that's a good insurance company, but no, it's a scam. Are you demonizing your friend by saying that to him? If you tell your friend that you are, you are signed up with an insurance company that is a, that are scammers, you're, you are going to be telling your friend, <laughs> you are going to be insulting your friend because your friend is going to so want to believe if, that this insurance company is not a scam. Okay. So you have a very loose definition of demonizing then. You're, first of all, you cannot separate people's beliefs from their like people's beliefs become their identity. One of the reasons why uh, we d- you a know, lot we of don't, people don't we... like Jordan Peterson is because Jordan Peterson in the Matt Delahunty debate said there are atheists that think they're atheists. Like Jordan Peterson made an argument that there are no true atheists, and atheists' heads exploded over it because he challenged their identity. Maybe he's just attacking their ideas. But I don't know why people are so upset when he's just saying, like, you not, act out an ethos that's a Christian ethos. You, I'm not going to speak for a Christian. I, I, I'm not going to speak for other atheists unless they're here to mm-hmm. defend themselves. But but here's the thing. So, yes, religion, not all ideas. Religion has managed to do a very good job in pretending that it's part of your identity, right? This doesn't mm-hmm. happen with other ideas, right? If I say, if you could see a capitalist and a socialist economist arguing against each other's positions without the capitalist thinking that this is part of their identity and the socialist thinking that socialism is part of their identity, right? But uh, the thing about religion is that because it doesn't have that much logical arguments to back it up, it's a very smart, it's a very genius defend me- defense mechanism for it to become part of your identity. So attacking it will become attacking the person. So therefore you demand protection uh, against attacks on your ideas by claiming that it's an attack on your identity. So I agree I agree that it has done that, but uh, the solution is for us to be able to, when we are talking to religious people, is to, to try to separate that, right? And what, is, what is your goal in talking to religious people, though? It's it's to deconvert them, right? It's to well, no, pry them out of the no. There's 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 different levels, right? So the first, the first. I just just to put a bow on the on the topic. If you attack feminism, you're attacking feminists. If if you attack no. capitalism, you're attacking capitalists. No. If you attack socialism, you're attacking socialists. I mean, that's just how. It so goes. you basically any disagreement will become an attack then, based on that definition. If you're attacking an ideology that's a part of someone's identity, you're attacking that person. Well, that's, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to t- t- separate that from ideas from their identity. I don't think that you can do that, though. We, I have, successfully. Well, just because you've done it successfully, those cases could be outliers. It doesn't mean that you can do it society-wide. Yeah, but, okay. but I mean, you can teach a dog to jump through... Hoops of but, fire. but this I mean, has you worked you so... You may not be able to teach every dog to jump through hoops of no, fire. No, but this has worked so well so well i just think i just have to be able to scale it somehow so (laughs) (laughs) well in order to scale it though you have to change human nature and i don't know that but there's nothing okay here's the thing here's what i tell muslims for example right i tell them like look if if islam is right atheist i will burn in hell forever right Mm -hmm. and if islam is right atheism is a very dangerous ideology. It's dangerous not for Muslims, it's dangerous to atheists because it's the atheist that's going to burn in hell, right? So as a Muslim, if Islam is right, it makes moral sense for you to fight atheism, right? 
And fighting atheism in that case would not be because you hate atheists. Fighting atheism in that case would be because you care for atheists. You don't, you, you're fighting atheism because you don't want to see them burning in hell. Right? right. So, so I'm I'm showing, I'm basically in this example, I'm saying you're fighting atheism for the sake of the atheists. You're not fighting atheism because you're fighting atheists. You're fighting atheism because you care for atheists, right? Su and superficially, though. But you understand that people have, people have a reason. People have stated reasons for doing things, and they have unconscious reasons for doing things. Correct. Okay. Yeah. You understand. So I would say that the unconscious reason they're doing it is much different than the stated reason. Yeah, but that my so I agree that there are I, there are many many Muslims that when they're trying to convert uh, atheists or other people is to just win. You know, is but my in, my example was not to say that this is the main reason. My example to show them an example of a kind Muslim that is possible. Right for somebody mm -hmm. to fight an idea, not because it's fighting the people that believe in their ideas, but because the person cares for the people that believes in the, believe in those ideas. Right. So this right. this is another an example to show them that this is the main reason why Muslims are converting, trying to spread Islam. Right. But just to mm -hmm. show that it's a it's a possibility. Right. Obviously, from our side as well, if an atheist is talking to a Muslim, maybe it's, it doesn't care about, about the Muslim. Maybe it's just trying to be like. You're an idiot. I'm smarter. I defeated <laughs> you. I destroyed your arguments. Haha. <laughs> like, look, this is like now it's going to go viral because you're an idiot. And I should have because maybe that was the motivation. Right. Or maybe mm -hmm. the motivation is Islam is dangerous. Islam is uh, is a harmful ideology. And the people that it harms the most is Muslims themselves. So I'm against Islam because of what it does to Muslims. Right. That's that, your motivation. One of my many motivations. Okay. Right. But uh, when you're saying what, what the goal is, there's an there's a initial goal bef before even getting to converting people out of their religion, which is, I think, is a noble cause. Uh, before even that, it's just to get people, it's to normalize atheism. Right? What, make, what makes you say it's, well, normalizing atheism, if a community has an ethic that you know, love the stranger, love the outsider, then atheism is not a problem. And then any religion is not a problem. The freedom of religion in the United States, I'm not sure if the United States was the first nation to adapt, adopt that, but adopting that as an ethic is, is huge. And I, I want to make a distinction too, because you're, you're talking about Islam and I don't I don't really feel qualified to speak on Islam as much as I feel qualified to speak on Christianity because I grew up as a as a Christian and I think it's important to note and even Sam Harris notes this that not all ethical systems are the same ethical systems evolve to become adapted to to the environment that they this environment both social and physical that they evolved in Right. So you're you're not defending all religions. You're only defending Christianity. My understanding of Islam, and I could be wrong about this. I'm still working out my ideas. Is that Islam is specifically adapted to an honor culture, and in America we have what sociologists call a dignity culture, which is much different than an honor culture. So if you take a person that's that's Islamic and put them into a dignity culture, those the the 
ethical system inside the religion and the ethical system inside the secular culture, I think, are at odds with one another. I think Christianity, since Christianity evolved uh, in in concert with the dignity culture that evolved in the West, I think those two, the ethical system inside of Christianity is adapted to a dignity culture. Even one of the memes in Christianity is... Can you give an example? Well, one of the memes in Christianity is to turn the other cheek, right? To Or not turn the other cheek, but to... There's the, the, the Good Samaritan story where you're supposed to be kind to the stranger, respectful of the stranger. And you can't really get a, a multicultural society off the ground unless you have that, eth- that ethic in the wider culture. And I don't know that there is a similar ethic in, in Islam that allows that, that multicultural idea to get off the ground. I mean, uh, America being a nation of immigrants, as they say, is is using that ethic inside of Christianity to further the goals of the dignity culture, to further the goals of a a, a culture where we can have freedom of religion. Well, I, there, I don't think I, I think the re- main reason why Islam is way more problematic is because if you look at the teachings of Islam, uh, I mean. Is if you look at Muhammad's life, Muhammad got to live both as a prosecuted figure and also as a relig- as a ruler, right? Mm-hmm. So, and if you summarize, and I know this is a very simple summary, but if you summarize Islam as uh, following the sayings and whatever Muhammad did, I mean, I'm including Quran in that as well because the Quran uh, was not written by God. Uh, but if you if you follow the sayings and, uh, of Muhammad and what he, and the way he lived, and if you summarize Christianity as the way uh, what Jesus said and how Jesus lived, um, then Jesus, you know, started you know the character of Jesus, whether whatever of it is real or not, doesn't matter. The character of Jesus and the character of Muhammad, if you compare them. Jesus basically started a rebellion against the religious authority of his of his time, and was mm-hmm. defeated and crucified for it. And Muhammad uh, also raised a rebellion against the religious authorities of his time, and he was successful and he managed he got to rule over uh, people. So if mm-hmm. if you look at the teachings, Jesus' story doesn't have. If you're following Jesus's way, there is no. I mean, there's nothing. There's no part of his story where he ruled over people, uh, so you don't have instructions for that. Uh, but if you look at the story of Muhammad, there's a peri- there's a big period of his story that he ruled over people, so you have a lot of instructions for that, and that's what makes Islam a more po- a much more political religion than uh, than Christianity, and that's why it's a a lot more. You have a lot more instructions to do what. Do, to on what to do with other people right Uh, the and normally our human intuitions are geared towards kill the stranger like evolution has has geared our intuitions very tribally right culture comes in and 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 meddles with those intuitions okay they can it, it, it can either meddle with them positively or negatively what i what i am saying is the culture can come in and turn down those tribal intuitions to kill the stranger and turn them into respect the stranger. 
There is a mechanism that you can point to in Christianity that does that. I don't know what would be the mechanism in in but wait, Islam this, that, that does that. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to... Okay, so this identity is saying it's built on dignity culture and not honor culture, question mark. Bull fucking shit. Punishment for blasphemy is worse than honor culture is. Okay, so he's no, basically no. he's saying thou shalt not have any gods before me. He's talking in Christianity. He's referring to that, and also mm. this identity is saying please ask him what can be achieved with religion, that can't be achieved without religion. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, this is a common tactic of of many anti-theists. If I mean, in the Bible. You can pull any ethic you want out yeah. of the Bible, right? Right, and Sam Harris does this all the time. He says you can go to a but that's a pr- that's a problem. That's the problem with well, it. It is it is a problem, and it is a solution if you look at the fact that we might need any ethic at our in our toolbox. We don't. We don't, the, the, we the don't need any what, ethic. We we can we can we we don't need to put a book that talks about so are you, killing. Hold on, are you saying did, you said we don't need any ethic? Are you saying we don't need ethics? No, I'm saying we don't need all. You know, you say we we need any ethic. I think like we, there are many, there are some group some ethic ethical rules that we don't need. Yeah, I agree. So a book that it, a book that you can a book that you could get shitty ethics out of could get we can get rid of that we could have a better book that you could only get useful ethics out of but we have the bottleneck is to get people to adopt the book to get to pe- people to yeah and religion it. stands in that way for us to get be able to get people to adopt uh, those other books i don't understand this and, and this came up in the debate with with sam harris and jordan peterson if if you develop we live in a, like you said, in the West, there's a, a huge marketplace of ideas. Um, Mormonism was, was a religion that started up. He, he, the Mormon ethic he put so, out there, people adopted it, and he, now there's Mormons all over the place. Okay, so for, I don't understand why secular humanists can't develop an ethic that, pe- that people want to flock to, like they wanted right, to flock to Mormonism. So, okay, so aren't you, first of all, uh, I'm not saying we can't. Right, we we are right. Second of all, um, there. What I'm saying is that even in the U.S., religion gets a competitive advantage that should not be there. Third of all, aren't you a little bit? Correct me if I'm wrong. Aren't you correcting a little bit because at at one point you're saying anti-theists are against religion, and at the same time you're saying in a free market of ideas, ideas should be able to compete with each other, right? So us going against religion is part of that. Is us competing? That's that's the process that you're talking about. Like you're saying, you don't there, there's understand. Two ways, there's two ways to compete with people. There's the drive the competitors out of business method, and there is the produce a better product. And, and how are you even close to, to driving? You. Have you seen the mega churches and the and the and the mosques? Well, and even, how even, are we even, even driving? Advertising. Even in advertising, there's two ways that you can advertise. If you're Coke, you can come out and say Pepsi stinks, or you can you can come out and say Coke is the best. And what I see the anti-theist community doing is coming out and saying Pepsi stinks. Instead of producing their own ethic and saying our ethic is the best, you know, come to us, we have all the, the answers. All they do is sit around and point at other people's ethical systems okay. and say you suck. Can I, can I t- give you another example? So you think uh, Coke and Pepsi, right? 
But what、mm-hmm. if there was a third drink that had actual poison in it? Okay. Would you, it, <laughs> you're doing it. You're doing it right now. You let's know. say Pepsi has poison in it. Okay. All right. In that、Pepsi、case, not only co- not only that is co- your advertising campaign. Yeah, but what if it's true? Does that matter? What if it is true?、That's, should we not? I, should we not call I, out? Should we not go out and say that there's poison in this fucking drink? Okay, let's follow the, this this thought experiment to its logical conclusion. Yes, and then we should inspect Pepsi for poison, right? right But right. that analysis is going to be a scientific analysis. I don't see anyone. the The people that I see doing the scientific analysis are people like Jonathan Haidt and David Sloan Wilson. And they're coming back with the conclusion you that need, you no, need. You need. Okay. You need. Let me. Let me get this. Clear. You need a scientific analysis for me to tell you that a, a, a religion that teaches you that you should beat your wife if she if she's not obedient, that's poisonous. You need a scientific analysis to be convinced、yes. of that. Yes. Every. First of all, I don't condone violence. Okay. And if good. If, If religion is driving people to violent acts, and there is a causal connection, I am completely on your side. The I don't know that that is the case, and I mean I had an interaction with someone recently in my comment section that was talking about mental anguish. So if you want to compare wife beating to mental anguish, I think we have, we have some、uh, some category. Errors going on here, and and also it's just in any in any business there are costs, so you have to do an accurate cost benefit analysis before you can say that religion is all bad. No, it okay. The problem with religion is that it's not all bad. If it was all bad, we would have been able to get rid of it r- faster, Correct. right? Correct. The thing is that those those so-called good parts are the PR front, <laughs> the war fuzzy. <laughs> you're, fee- you're, <laughs> you're totally oh man, it's、What? so it's you're just you're strawmanning it all the way. What, okay, tell me how I'm strawmanning it because、so-called. because the ethic the ethics the the good parts of religion. Was there the before the so-called good parts? Yeah, the so-called good parts of religion was. You know what that says? There are no good parts. If you're, if they're the so-called good parts, they're not really the good parts because you're, you're saying、hmm. they're the so-called good parts. Well, what I'm saying it was they were better、uh, and more. Okay, so for example, right?、Uh, to, hold on, let's hypothetically. Let's let me finish say, a thought, though. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. So, so, like for example, look at the the so-called good parts of the Bible.、Right? <laughs> <You're telling> uh, <laughs> the the、That's、thou shall now thou shall not kill. Uh, respect your parents, right?、Uh, those are those are not so-called good parts. Okay, those are good parts. Those are horrible. Let me tell you why.、Uh, <laughs> first of all, because first of all, you have to read the whole thing, right? For example, the part that says that you have to respect your parents,、um, and it also says that if you don't respect your parents, you should be stoned to death, right? Or like, for example, when the Quran says killing one man is like killing all of humanity. Right, people are like, "Oh wow!" So look how look how anti-violent the Quran is. It's killing if you kill one man, it's like killing all of humanity. Right? The thing is that first of all, it's not like that at all. Killing one man is not as bad as killing all of humanity. Killing all of humanity is fucking worse. Right? So logic fell right there. Second of all, the very next verse tells you to crucify whoever spreads corruption on earth, and never tells you what it means by spreading corruption on earth. So you could 
define it whatever the way you want. You could be like anybody that is, I'm probably spreading corruption on Earth based on that verse, right? Uh, I have, definitely so. know that you are. That's, that's, <laughs> All right. That's a so, fact. So, but it's, but it's, okay. And also the Bible, the Bible that says thou shalt not kill is also the same book that tells you to kill witches, kill gay people, uh, right? So kill blasphemers. Yeah. So, and, and so that aside, also these thou shalt not kill, even if it was just that, without actually a book in, within the same book that has so many commandments for killing, even if it was just that, even if it was just the good part, it's so, like, compare that to all the great philosophers and thinkers that came before the Bible. All the Greek mm -hmm. philosophers and the the way that they the ethic the stand the, the amount of analysis and logic and thinking that went behind what they decided what's ethical the amount of you know I'm um, just go read any of their work I mean this Bible was not a, was not introducing something new this was a step this was a simplistic warm fuzzy bullshit feel good message there that doesn't serve any purpose do you really think people before the bible were thinking like yeah killing is a-okay and then all of a sudden the bible came and the people were like oh okay maybe we shouldn't be killing people people were discussing ethics and morality thousands of years before the bible in much more advanced ways right this is not it didn't add anything in fact what it did it managed to convince people that it has a it's not only it has good messages in it, it convinced people that it's the only source of eth uh, you know, ethics. It convinced people that you either believe in the Bible or you're immoral, right? And by doing that, it, beca it became a cover for all the other nonsense and harmful bullshit that is in there. So w when I'm saying that the good parts are actually the problem is because if you look at other ideologies that didn't have this nonsense, warm, fuzzy, feely, simplistic messages around it uh, that were just pure e evil, right? They die out. They don't survive much long, right? So the fact that the meme this destructive managed to survive this long is because it has managed to convince people that it's actually a source of good and, and not evil. And that's why, the, yeah, right, I'm gonna stop. Let me try another. Let me try another analogy here, right? Because I think we're we're. I mean, I think there's a, first of all, I think there's a lot of agreement between us. I think so there too. are there are terrible things in the Bible. I don't know anything about the Quran, but I'm just going to assume mm -hmm. that there are terrible things in there too. Right. So you could, yeah. if we your assumption we, is correct, okay. If we think of these books as a, a the <clears throat> the basis of an ethical system, inside our book we can think of our book like a toolbox, okay? And it has all these different tools that we can pull out of the toolbox. And the goal of our ethical system is to increase you know, to build a, a good society, right? Where people get along, people have, you know, they're motivated to achieve all the things, all the things you want from a good society, right? Mm. Now in that toolbox, you know, we've got guns and we've got rape. We've got all sorts of really bad things in that toolbox, but we've also got some really good things in that toolbox too, right? We've got love your neighbor. We've got turn the other cheek. Love, okay, but those are, those two examples are not very good. First of all, why no, should I just hold on, hold on, hold on. Let okay. me finish my example. Okay, okay. You, I'm not. We're in, in a total agreement that there's terrible tools in that. No, but I'm, I'm also have a problem with love your navel and turn the other cheek. Okay, so you don't like those tools. I'm just saying okay, there okay. are all kinds of tools in there. Okay, right? okay. You can pull the, the culture 
teaches people to pull certain tools from the toolbox and to leave other tools in the toolbox. So we really have to look at the, the people that are using the toolbox and not just focus on the toolbox because I see a lot of you, I see a lot of the anti-theists saying, oh, there's terrible tools in there that people can grab. And a lot of the pragmatists are saying, you know, well, as long as you're not grabbing those tools and they're grabbing good tools and, and producing a good society. Mm. But I, I, I don't know. That's a very good example. I'm going to use it. It's a good. I'm going to use uh, your toolbox example. Can I? You don't. Okay. So, but listen, there is a thing that came up in the debate between Sam Harris and Jordan Peterson. Like, and Sam Harris seems to believe that we don't need the toolbox, that we can just do, we can form our own ethic without any tools at all. And I, anything that you want to accomplish, you're going to need tools for. I don't know how you can. I don't know if like, you said that, but yeah, you need toolbox. I just think your toolbox shouldn't be religion. Um, obviously, well, you need what, to. What is the, what is the other, like, let's en think of something. Enlightenment values. There you go. Let's Enlight think of one ethic that we need. Hmm. That just so we can agree on one tool that is in the theoretical toolbox that we want to create. I think enlightenment is it values. Honesty? Is it? I mean, enlightenment values. We could get into that. What, is, what is an enlightenment? But but, but can I use your toolbox analogy actually for a second? Yeah. All right. Go, so go ahead. so okay. So let's say you have a toolbox that has good things in it and have bad things in it, right? And mm -hmm. people. And there's lots of destructive things in it. But the thing is that the people that are using the toolbox, they're they're not bad people. And they and obviously given that they are opening this toolbox and they're like, Oh wow, what is that bullshit? I'm not gonna touch that. That's horrible, <laughs> right? And I'm just gonna and they're just gonna pick up the good parts. That means that they are that the toolbox itself is not the source of uh you know their judgment they they're getting this judgment from somewhere else obviously right because the yeah, the yeah. toolbox is not dictating what so so right. so the their moral saying take this tool or else right so the moral standards is coming from somewhere and it's not the toolbox right so we have yeah. to figure out where this is because that that source is a very valuable source second of all well, I the problem no, let, 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 let me let me continue with the toolbox right the problem is that a lot of good people come and they go to this toolbox and they get good stuff and they act they're like hmm okay i'm going to use the good parts and because they're living good lives and using the toolbox then i come around and i'm sell i'm the toolbox seller right and we're like mm -hmm. look at all these great <laughs> look at all these great people look at all these good people they all using my toolbox and they're living great li lives that means this is a holy toolbox and you should use it all of it everything in this toolbox is great right and my proof for why this toolbox should be followed and why this toolbox is holy and why this toolbox is 100 percent great is all these good people that are using the toolbox even though they're not using everything in the toolbox i'm using them as a way to set, tell you that this toolbox is perfect right and right. now i'm putting this when i give this toolbox an uh, and put it in a position of authority now this becomes a dangerous thing because now I'm spreading the idea that anything that comes out of this toolbox is good. And you shouldn't use anything other than what you get out of this toolbox. And you should use everything that is in this toolbox, right? What I'm suggesting is that instead of, you know, given that people seem to figure out, many people figure out which part is good and which part is bad. Let's have a toolbox that doesn't have the shitty parts in it. And in fact, it has a lot more good stuff in it. 
so that we don't give this guy that is selling shitty ideas more business. They, what's the guy that came up with the Book of Mormon? I can't remember his name. Joseph. Uh, oh, fuck. Said, Joseph, what is it? Um, <laughs> God damn it. Well, I'm just saying there was a guy back in the 1800s, I think it was, that wrote a book called the Book of Mormon that he was his revelation from God. And, and he he came out with his, a new toolbox. Joseph right? Smith. He, Joseph Smith. Yeah. Joseph Smith. Right. Yeah, I can't believe he, I so he, came, he came out with a new toolbox and he went to the open market with his toolbox and people bought the toolbox. You are in a position to come up with your. I would. I agree with you. Like make a tool. Make the best toolbox that doesn't have any well, of the bad tools. I, I, only the good you keep you saying. Okay, you're saying I have to do that, but people before me have done that, and mm -hmm. it's spreading. Okay, the Enlightenment values. Here, actually, let me show you something. So you're saying offer something, right? The Enlightenment right. era in Europe brought to us these standards, these better ethics, these better standards, and they work. And they have worked perfectly and significantly, and they have changed lives. And if you don't, if you want to see proof for that, just check out this book, okay, by Steven Pinker, Enlightenment Now, right? So I've read it. Okay, so you know that the ideas that were introduced in Enlightenment era, which was, guess what? It was a movement against religion, right? against religion, against dogma, for better ideas. For It was a movement not to change Christianity. It was a movement against Christianity, right? And the thing is that those ideas have are being used, are spreading, um, and have, have saved a lot of people's lives and made a lot of people's experiences and happiness and everything better all around the world. The, the, the thing that we haven't been... The, the thing... The, the genius of religion is that they managed to come and now they're taking credit for all that shit, right? Even though they had nothing to do with <laughs> well, it. They'll do that. Right, they do that. <laughs> so, so what we haven't done is that we have used these val new values and these better values, the values that we have that has we have shown to, you know, scientifically it's been proven that they work. It's, it's been proven that they're superior. But we haven't done a good job to to show people that where these ideas are coming from and how we got here and how much how much their lives have gotten better because of it and religion has seen that there's a major competition to it so they they they, they made a clever move and saying like hey this was always christian ideas like it, the interesting thing is that islam does that as well but only when when it feels like it's being threatened always when it feels like it's being uh, outcompeted what they do is instead of fighting those ideas they're like hey this was these those were our ideas and the dangerous thing with that is that people forget easily so he, you know when you when you see a muslim that is fighting for gay rights that is fighting for women rights that is fighting for secularism that is fighting for democracy uh, this is what christians do this is what i've seen with muslims as well it's like they come and point to that muslim and they're like look Islam is, could be pro-great rights. Islam could be pro-secularism. Islam could be pro-democracy. Islam could be pro-women's rights. And, I, and, th and this is what they're doing with the Enlightenment uh, values as well. 
they they look at these individuals and try to give credit to an ideology that deserves no credit for it because it was the individual that what i say is that a muslim is more than just a muslim a christian is more than just a christian when you see a muslim do a good thing when you see a christian do a good thing don't take the, don't give that credit to an ideology that has always been against these values give the credit to the muslim give the credit to a christian see if you see if you see a muslim that can, is can we focus on just one right one enlightenment value for a specific example because you keep saying enlightenment values and i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> you don't know you read the book you don't know what enlightenment values are like there are many I, of them i know them in the abstract but i couldn't like they're they haven't been put into some kind of narrative form right i think everyone agrees well all the most well i mean when you most of the values that are considered western values that we celebrate are actually enlightenment values and come from enlightenment thinkers like freedom of speech um you know due process so so we're Um, just focusing on freedom of speech right could it be possible that this ethic of freedom of speech could be being facilitated in some part by Christianity because Christianity has the ethic of respect the stranger. And you need a little bit of that respect the stranger just to be able to listen to the stranger's ideas without wanting to pick up a rock and hit him in the head. Isn't that a stretch though? Well, I don't know. I don't know why it would be a stretch. I'm just saying. I mean, well, if that's the case, then you could also say that thou shalt not worship other gods. It would be also the message against that. It would be a message of intolerance to other people's religion. True, but we go back to the analogy of the toolbox, and it really depends upon what. What tools I'm people what are exactly? Out of but my, what I'm saying, there are, I don't. There are contradictory tools in the box. Right? Yeah, I'm just saying you don't. You can have better boxes. That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Right, you want to take all the contradictions out of the box. You want your toolbox to only have enlightenment values you want to take the you made the perfect analogy right here when you said uh don't have any false gods is antithetical to to love the stranger right okay so you want to take the one you want to take the one that supports free speech or the one that doesn't support free speech out of the why do we even need the book and what i'm saying like well, we don't. You, so if you don't need the if toolbox, I, if I, if how I, are you gonna? If, how are you gonna accomplish your goals? How no, are you gonna? What is the? I'm just saying there are other toolboxes. I'm saying there are other toolboxes that has what, or, what, what? What are they? Specifics. Well, enlightenment values. One of, is one of the great examples. <laughs> okay. I, or you ask for one get, value out of it. Enlightenment but, values into the children. Oh, we already have. We so already they, have. You're saying enlightenment values. No, are the, the thing is that okay. Here's the thing. We don't. The, the thing is that the good thing about these values, and not just enlightenment, any values that actually work, is that they're so good at working that they spread because there's a demand for them. What we haven't. That has already happened. That's or like your life and my life is so much better because of enlightenment values. The problem is that what we haven't done successfully is to show people where these values are coming from. So you're, you're worried about spreading the values at work. We are already way past that. My concern is that a lot of people think that these values come from places that they actually don't. And talking, okay, so where do they talk, come from? Well, 
Enlightenment thinkers, people that came up with ideas in competition to religion, better how ideas than religion. How do you get people to act out an ethic of free speech? Because right now on campus, I just watched a debate that there's a, a free speech crisis. That's a very short term. If you look, okay, so that's like if you look at where we, how far we've come when it comes to free speech, this is mm -hmm. a very small change in the in a much bigger trend. The the, the fact that you live, the fact that you, you even have a fucking, okay, the fact that you even have a constitution that guarantees freedom of speech, you have no idea how unique historic, I mean, you know, but I, I do. mean, no, I no, do but, know how I know, unique. you know, but I'm saying most people don't know how unique and historically but, but rare that is. This is, this is you, coming, this is, has, I mean, we, I mean, I'm jealous of you. We don't have that in Canada. Okay. Yeah. We don't have that in Europe. That that's culture. That that is culture changing the natural intuitions of people. Where did that where did the that natural, come from? This value for free speech. Intuitions, the natural intuitions of people are when somebody says something I don't like, I pick up a rock and hit them in the head. It's that not, is the natural intuitions of people. Culture comes in and shapes those natural intuitions in in different ways. So if you have a constitution that 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 respects freedom of speech that's that's fine we're saying that that's the rule but you still have to instill that ethic into people because if they don't if the people don't like that rule they can change that rule from the okay. bottom up you're the fact that you're a, okay so look at countries like iran where i come from okay we don't have yeah. freedom of speech and this is like a seven thousand year country okay what you, happens what happens in iran when someone doesn't like when the guy actually does pick up the rock and hit him in the head just out of curiosity. What? <laughs> it, like, I just, I'd never been to Iran. Do people do that? No. No, I just, okay. The, I don't know what you're asking, but can I get... I'm asking, I'm asking if they just go with their gut intuitions and uh, they have blasphemy laws in Iran, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But why do they have blasphemy laws? Um, I'm assuming they serve a purpose. People don't usually make laws that serve no purpose. Well, okay, so... It's a, it's the difference between the survival the survival of the meme versus the survival of the individual. The thing is that the meme sometimes some things some ideas become popularized not because it serves the individual but because it serves the survival of the meme, right? So I don't I don't I don't believe but, in that. But, but uh, okay, we could get it back to that. But what was I saying? I was just saying something important. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, you were gonna t you were gonna tell me about this toolbox that you're. No, I was gonna say something more important. Ah, what did you do? Um, I'm j okay. So the thing, okay, the fact that your your country is a baby country, okay? It's a, <laughs> right? We're all babies over here. Yeah, you're a baby country. You're not. Very, you're you're really you you don't have much history, okay? If Mo we're a baby country, you guys are just you. You guys are still in the womb. Are you kidding me? No, what I'm saying is like, look like, how when far was Canada founded. Okay, I think it was like yeah, yeah. We were Canada, Canada is also a baby country. Canada is also a baby country. But I'm saying that <laughs> look at look at Canada and United States and look how fast certain ideas spread. It's yeah, but a good idea will spread. Yeah, exactly. But not because not because is because they spread because they're useful. Okay, you're making my argument though because in the secular humanist manifesto isn't on isn't in in hotels from coast to coast that idea has not spread no but my point is that people ideas spread because they're useful not because people think people have this emotional attachment to them right these ideas well, spread that's, that's 
what it, that's but, a useful thing that people right. have an emotional attachment to useful ideas but my, my point is that the fact that enlightenment value ideas them spreading even though people don't many people think they come from christianity or somewhere else shows that you the usefulness is so much that it has managed to spread even without the without a good pr strategy you understand? Mm -hmm. but, but I'm saying now now we need to get the PR strategy for this enlightenment value um, as well because I think if people actually do understand where these values come from, they stop giving credit to an ideology like religion where they don't deserve the credit. That's what that's all my point is. And here's another thing. One thing. Why do you need a, if it's a good product though? Why do you need a PR strategy? Well, because the, because the, a lot of people that don't appreciate where they, where the source is keep uh, giving resources to um, sources of bad ideas and give, right. keep giving the extra advantage, like keep electing politicians, keep donating, keep giving money to these sources of um, bad ideas because they think they actually deserve credit for anything good, which they don't. Right. Okay. Right. But I'm a little, I'm another, a little confused. But another thing that continue. I want to point is that you, you, when you say that, oh, why, uh, why are we, us anti-theists, um, you know, are so attacking religion so much? I just want to put this in perspective because all we're doing is talking to people. Like it's, uh, when when people come at us anti-theists and they're like, oh, you're so anti-religious, you're so triggered you're so intolerant of other you don't let people believe what they want and you're like you know we're just we're just talking to them right like they're talking to us about why islam is true and we're talking to them about or why christianity is true and we're just telling them why f we think it's bullshit and they tell us why atheism is bullshit which they sh which we support their right to do and all we're doing is telling them why Christianity is bullshit or why Islam is bullshit. There's the, the fact that people see that as hostile is amazing to me. Because many, <laughs> many Muslims and Christians that I debate against not only see, not see it as hostile, they see it, they welcome it. Not only they welcome it, they think they had a great time participating in it. So I think it goes both ways, though, because I know... It, Atheist heads exploded when Jordan Peterson said that they're not really atheists, which is the same thing as saying atheists are bullshit. Right, but but did their head explode because they were uh, because it was wrong or because it, I mean you could here's the thing I noticed both sides do this not just atheists Muslims Christians left right this whole new triggered thing is now becomes a defense thing now as as soon as anybody like when you say something and somebody opposes to it or disagrees with it they are like oh did you get triggered like I'm, <laughs> like um, I'm just responding to your no, I, I agree <laughs> with you completely I mean it's like well, so I'm like, well, I'm I okay, so you just want me to that? Up, for heaven's sake. I mean, but yeah, but okay, so triggered, what does that mean? Like, triggered means I, if you get emotion, if you have no arguments and you just get emotionally uh, upset about something and that's your only reaction, then I think that could be classified as triggered. But if somebody is, if you say, if I say something that somebody considers stupid and they call me out on it and tell me why I'm being an idiot, I don't think they're triggered. I think they're responding to my argument. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's fair. Well, no, I'm triggered, man. I, <laughs> I don't like it. But, no, I'm just, 
obviously I'm playing with you, but and we're having a friendly conversation. No, no, I agree with you. But when you say, I understand why religious people think when you say that they're the the leading ethos, the where they get their sense of community, their sense of meaning, their sense of identity. When you say that's all bullshit, I understand how that offends them. It's the same thing with feminists, though. When you say feminism feminism is bullshit. They they're just as up in arms. Social justice warriors. When you say well, social okay. justice is bullshit, or so or feminism say, is a good example actually, because feminism. So what I say, what I notice with feminism is that fem- feminism is bullshit. By the way, just <laughs> actually here here I disagree with you because when I go to feminist circles, I notice that most of them are not these crazy people that get a lot more attention than you know most of the community are not like anti-male crazy feminazis right i think what no they're not i think what i've noticed you have to go inside their communities to see that because when you're outside of their community the the crazies are the most interesting ones and they're the loudest ones obviously if somebody comes and says yeah i'm a feminist but i'm just for women's rights and equality obviously uh, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not like one of those feminists. You're like, okay, that's boring. Who's going to cover that? Nobody's going to cover that, right? But if somebody comes and says like, oh, all men are needs to be, you know, know executed. That's kill interesting. So, yeah, so that, that the but thing kill is... All men, kill so, all men. So, again, but the thing is that historically feminism has benefited both men and women and now they're going through a nightmare PR scenario because of the amount of attention and how loud some fringe groups are. And I think like what I criticize feminism for now is not is not those values that they've been advocating for, but now just like enlightenment values. Feminism is part of, by the way, enlightenment values. But what I what I what, what I criticize them for is now they they, they don't have good PR, because and this damages that movement because now uh, they're going through such horrible branding. It's going to hurt the movement. <laughs> so, what this is why I'm. This is why I care about the branding of enlightenment ma- values. This is why I want people to know where all these good ideas come from. Because if it gets so, if you take the credit away from it, then people are not going to fund and support enlightenment values. They de- they do deserve your support and attention because so many lives have been saved by it. Again, everybody. I think this should be like the, it be left in every hotel instead of the Bible because this this shows where all everything we enjoy society where it comes from right you, you did you enjoy this book by the way enlightenment now by steven pinker you say you read it yeah i loved it the, the last chapter though is is super in the liberal bubble which is surprising <laughs> for steven pinker right uh, one thing i want to talk about you said tr- metaphorical truth do you agree that um believing more true things than not is on average, better. Like believing on, it less on, bullshit. On average, on average, I would say yes. But whether those two things are aligned is a point of contention. I mean, that's the that is the debate. That is the. So you believe it's is is useful to if if a bullshit is useful, spread it. Let's let's look at it in terms of placebos. If you if you've exhausted all your options and placebo is the only option left, I think taking that option is the rational thing to do. 
And we may be in a situation where religion is like the super placebo. You know, here's an example I give when it comes to the power of truth versus nonsense, right? Because a lot of people say, like, you know, there might be some utility in things that are not true. Um, uh, The example I give is this this doctor that comes and uh, to a village and notices that there's a disease spreading in the village, right? Mm -hmm. And she comes up with this medicine for the uh, villagers, and she knows that this is working and she's trying to sell it she needs the money to be able to make more of it so she has to charge a price for it but she's selling it and nobody nobody's buying it nobody believes that this is going to work so she comes up with the story and she says you know on my way to this village these fairies in the forest met me and they <laughs> and they gave me this potion and they told me it will work and all of a sudden people are lining up and they're buying their medicine and guess what she cures a lot of people and she eradicates this disease from the village even though she was lying right so you might right. come up to this example and be like okay this was a lie this was nonsense but it helped people it helped people survive right that's so, metaphorical truth right there you okay. just laid it out perfectly but here's the problem with it she leaves the village okay She leaves the village and all of a sudden people are like showing up everywhere now. And people are like filling bottles with water and they're like, guess what? I also met fairies in the forest and they gave me this. And now they're selling, selling empty um, bottles of just water and they're charging shitload of money for it. And everybody has a story. And now people are coming up with a more interesting story. This fairy came to me and sat down with me and showed me how, you know, what this do, this makes you, this makes you give a better sex drive and this and that. And now all of a sudden there's an industry around this whole uh, fairy potion uh, industry in this village and people are making shitload of money for it. And people, a lot of good people with that made a lot of that, earn their money through hard work are losing their money because of this con that this doctor spread. And now it actually gets worse. Let's say somebody comes and starts putting a, 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 a drug in these because he's this is a guy that's raising an army and he wants people to be obedient. <laughs> and he starts putting... This is the longest yeah. hypothetical ever. I know, but this is, it makes my point. But now he, he basically is taking advantage of people. Like that, now this guy is spreading poison by convincing people that this is, this is from fairies. But my, 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 my point is this. If this doctor, when she came here, if she, instead of just coming up with a fairy, fairy story, right, from in the short term, if she actually set up like a classroom or tried, if we invested long term in educating people to see how medicine works, how, where does the disease come from, why does this work? In the short term, you might have thought like, okay, the fairy story works more, right? But what I'm saying, the power of truth and the power of good ideas in the long term have much higher return on your investment than the short-term games. Yeah, yeah, I know. I do know that. I do know that. Well, because you believe that. You believe that, and that's the contentious. That's the contentious. So part. this is the claim, and th- I don't think this is a very extraordinary claim. The claim is that the utility on believing in things that are close to reality True. is much that higher than utility that things much higher than the utility of believing things that are not based on reality. And that's my claim. This is the we began with at the beginning. I know, I know this. This is at the, this is, we began the stream and I told you that right. you're trying to elevate factual truth as the highest level. And you've just laid it out perfectly. You're saying that knowing true things about the world will create more well-being than, than pretending we know true things and acting in certain ways that are 
that that the lie that we don't actually believe true things and i don't know that those two things are aren't inversely correlated okay so obviously you created an example where you win but i could easily create an example where i win right so that's that's the claim but i i really think it's a pretty obvious claim i mean they all seem obvious the, the the theist will come on this stream and tell you tell us both you know it's obvious that god exists and why don't we just go I mean, with it i mean if he, if i if i'm trying to find uh, water and i have a map that is um, you know, doesn't match the reality <laughs> on the ground obviously i'm not going to get to it like obviously if my belief system doesn't match reality if my if my idea of how the world works how how my mind works how, where we came from what our purpose is is all of that is based on um nonsense based on ancient ideas it's based on dogma based on superstition on yes, average on average you're going to get less less positive responses than if your belief system matches reality uh, but if you believe if you believe that if you go around talking smack about your neighbors that a lightning bolt is going to come and strike you dead you're less likely to go around talking smack about your neighbors and that might be good for society well and but i'm saying spreading bullshit in the long run long term is not good for society because if, if okay so if you think that if you believe, he, if here's, you believe that's actually a good a example lightning bolt. so yeah that, that might only get you not talking shit about your neighbors but it has a lot more complications if your belief system allows for somebody in the sky to hit people so, with lightning bolts then the complicate you might have saved neighbors but you have introduced something way worse right you have in, you have introduced an idea that allows for like imagine how far this person's views are from reality and you don't think the complications of having a belief system like that is not worse than just not being able to talk shit about your neighbors i mean we have seen this we have seen we know that this is the case i don't know but anyways, anyways there do, are, you, you yeah. do you do acknowledge it, though that there is there are truths like that that are helpful i mean the the whole religion I've, evolves as a, as don't call, I, I'm, I have a problem with calling them metaphorical truths because they're not true right it's kind of like alternative facts you call them alternative right. facts because they're not fact you call them alternative medicine because it's not medicine so metaphorical it's truth Wein, it's brett weinstein's term, i know i don't so. like the term you, you could shit you i i prefer to uh, even if it's real maybe call it useful bullshit yeah i, I figured you were going to use that one <laughs> <laughs> i've i've heard that i've heard that term as well yeah. just so you know the pr is not really great on that <laughs> You know, I you know most Muslims and Christians I talk to, you know, when I start, you know, when I talk to them, and I t before I start criticizing their religion, you know, I think, and I think this is the method that uh, I suggest to people is for you to explain where you're coming from and why you, even if they think you're attacking their ideas, is seen as an attack on their person, on them personally. You don't, you don't intend. That's not your intention, right? And do, do you see how it can be perceived, though, if you say what you believe is bullshit, that it could seem like a personal attack? Yeah, I have, of course. And the point is that you have to convince people that it's not a personal attack. And I've seen it work. Well, and why not just not say that? Because ideas deserve to be attacked. Ideas should be attacked. 
My, I mean, okay. here's the thing. I, I have many views. And I'm sure there's a lot of bullshit in there. And I don't know which one of them are bullshit because if I knew them, it wouldn't be my ideas anymore, right? So mm. I want my ideas to be attacked because I don't trust, I don't think I'm the, I'm, me alone is going to be good enough to figure out what's bullshit, which one of my views are right and which one of my views are incorrect. I need okay, other so people, I need other people to attack my ideas so I can constantly reevaluate them. I appreciate the people that attack my views. And I think we need to create this understanding that you, your ideas being attacked is good for you because you reevaluating your belief system is good for you. So the, the positive claim that I see anti-theists making that I am attacking is this idea that the world would be a better place without religion. You're, you believe in that idea, right? Yes. But that's a, that is a claim that we don't necessarily know the truth value of yet, the scientific truth value, just so okay. we don't get mixed so up. So the, 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 the solution to that is for you to attack that idea that I have, isn't that? Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Well, that's so and I welcome that. Right. Yeah. So if, if I don't see you attacking that position of me personally, why can't we teach that? Why can't we show that when we are attacking Islam, Christianity or any other ideas, you shouldn't take that personally. In fact, that's good. You should welcome that because ideas deserve to be attacked. In fact, when ideas are attacked, people aren't. There's there are ideas, though, that unite communities. And people get sensitive about when people attack the idea that actually unites a community because it, it endangers the community. What? Like if you like if you said racism doesn't exist, then the social justice community doesn't need to exist. Um, well, okay. So the solution to that is what? If I'm if I'm attacking a, val a value that is valuable, for example, if you come and attack enlightenment values, right? The solution mm -hmm. to that is to attack attack back, challenge the people in a in a well, market well, well, in a marketplace of ideas. Challenge it back, right? Why 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 is that's the solution? And it, it, here's another point I want to make: it, we, when we are when we're shitting on other people's ideas, right? We are doing mm -hmm. it in our environments. People that see our content, people that hear our content, people that read our content are looking for our content. Mm -hmm. It's never the case that we're not going into inside people's mosques or inside churches and telling, you're all idiots, your God is a fucking lie, right? If we do that, they should kick us out. That's their platform, that's their environment, right? We're either invited mm -hmm. to their platform, we're either invited to their you know, place of worship or whatever when we're talking to them, or they're coming to us. So this idea of people are sensitive, so don't attack their ideas, doesn't make sense when we are just putting ideas out there and the people that are finding it are, pe are people that are curious enough to come and find it. Yeah, I don't... We're not don't forcing mind, these ideas on them. But, yeah. I don't mind the attacking of ideas. I, what bothers me more than anything is the conflation of scientific values and atheist values because I, I think that a lot of... I think a lot of religious people can be good science. There's people. no such thing as atheist values, though. We're not. Well, these are completely separate things. Atheism is nothing other than a lack of belief anti, in God. Anti. That's why I'm talking about anti-theist values. Right. Is really what I'm talking about. 
the idea that the world would be a better place without religion. Hey, I, I should go soon. Okay, but I'm just going to say one last thing. The idea that the world would be a better place without religion is nothing other than saying the world would be a better place if more people believed in factual things rather than nonsense. It's not just religion. Yeah, but that's, a, that's an open question. Though. Yeah. That's a, that, there's a scientific But it's not just that. religion, all nonsense, what I'm saying. If more people believed in their belief system was based on reality rather than nonsense, the world would be a better place. It's not, religion is not a unique thing. Any kind of nonsense. Right. All right. I am super curious about that question. Okay. It, and for me, it's an open question. You obviously believe that that's the truth, but I don't. I don't necessarily know. Right. I'm in. I'm in a citation needed mode on that one, and I, that's one of the reasons well, why I like well, having the, these conversations. The, the citation. We're in a hypothesis discussion right now, not in a theory mode. So the the citation part the, part of this is that it's really hard to study this thing right so this is well, like, this is the the difference are. between deductive and inductive reasoning so we're not actually you know uh, when it comes to when it, when you don't have enough data to analyze something you go be, you go analyze it based on you know logical analysis of something based on uh, you know what you know right but obviously you can i agree with you that you can't know for certain unless you have these such data right but without data yeah. you could still come up with a hypothesis and see how logical they are uh, because there are many other th if 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 you're waiting because there's no specific data on this, neither you have me can make any claim on this. Like neither, you're, you can't 100% be sure that it would be uh, that if we get rid of religion, there would be any consequences. And I can't be 100% sure that without religion, the world it, it's not about 100% certain. We're just basically yeah, 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 okay. You're trying, you're trying for probability. That's probably a good place to to end. I like I said, I should go. So right, I don't right. know how you want to wrap this up. Do you no, want to? But I'm just going to apologize to the people in the live chat, uh, Christy Beach, because I didn't ignore the, your comments. Because if I if I was reading your comments, I wouldn't be able to listen. Uh, but but you guys, thank you so much for making this because uh, your your comments are helpful because they're going to be on the video uh, for people to read while while listening to this. So thank you so much, uh, and and I'm going to release this on a podcast as well. And go to, okay, where can people find you? Oh, I have sorry. two channels. I have a Think Club channel and I have a Adam Friended channel. And I'm going to mirror this later today or tomorrow on my Friended channel. So oh, and we forgot to mention the, the, uh, Richard Dawkins and uh, Brett Weinstein are going to be discussing the evolutionary. I think they're going to be discussing the evolutionary utility of religion. And this is basically yes. the, the, the most famous anti-theist out there <laughs> with the, one of the most famous uh, atheists that sees utility in religion on the on stage, in, uh, you know, so go look at that up in, in pangburnphilosophy.com. So do you know when that is? I think it's October, October 23rd. Are you going to come? No, it's I isn't it, it's in Vancouver, right? I'm in no, Los no, Angeles. No, it's, so. not, it's not in Vancouver. It's in the US It's in Chicago. Oh, yeah, Chicago. That's it. No, I'm not gonna. Uh, but I definitely so I'm it's a, called the, I am a I am a patron for Pangburn, so I can see that when it comes out. Right. But, yeah, so this is called Richard Dawkins and, and Brett Weinstein Evolution. And they they disagree. So Richard Dawkins would be on my side. Brett Weinstein would be on your side on this topic. I know. I, just, I can't wait. And these, these are both of them know evolution inside and out. So they're going to talk about religion and the utility of it from an evolutionary perspective. So this is going to be amazing so if you enjoyed so, this discussion go check that out yeah so when brett 
Weinstein destroys Richard Cotton. <laughs> are we going to have another? Are we going to have another one of these talks? We can have a review. Do you want to do a review of it? Of we it? should. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because okay. I'll be the whole time. I'll be like destroyed. <laughs> be like just not destroyed. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Well, this was a lot of fun. So yeah, I'm going gonna, gonna to log off now and, and let you say goodbye to your stream. All right. Sounds good. No, I'm going to log off now as well. Thank you, everybody, uh, in the live stream. And thank you, Adam. And look forward to uh, seeing your um, other videos. Your videos are great, by the way. I, I, I watch most of them. So check it yeah, out. Yeah, thanks. Oh, and you're the, the, the uh, documentary that you did. People should check that out, too. That's really good. Oh, thank you. It's All on right. the Pangburn channel. All right. Take yeah. care, everyone.